0: So, in the past two episodes we've talked about the lack of representation, the lack of opportunity for students, but now we kind of need to talk about how we can move forward.
1: Right, because we're not all doom and gloom around here. We're trying to stay positive.
0: For the most part.
1: Coming up with solutions.
0: That's what proposed for.
1: So uh, you brought in Matt Davis.
0: Yes, Matt Davis is the Assistant Director for the Student Accessibility Resource Center on campus. Which, if you don't know what that is, it is a Department of Western that provides equal opportunities for students with disability uh, in their academic field.
1: Sounds like they're there to help out.
0: They're there to bring people together and make a more inclusive environment for everybody.
1: So Matt Davis helped us come up with some possible solutions for how to make Western more accessible. Uh, Not just in a physical way, but in in that kind of connection way, you know? How to make people feel like they're a part of this campus. Would would that be accurate?
0: Yeah, we're all Western students, but how are we able to move forward and allow everybody to have that same great experience that so many people in other
1: organizations get? Like, are you going to college, or are you just kind of like at college?
0: Because you get you get out of it what you put into it, and if certain student groups or people based on their sexual orientation, their race, their gender, their ability are not allowed, allotted that opportunity, then they don't even have the chance to make the most of their opportun- experience here at Western.
1: And we're all probably paying money to be here, so. Too much. Alright, all joking aside, we do need to be charitable to the university and explain the fact that there is kind of already a solution for anyone who needs a student organization. Make a student organization. Technically, the instructions are simple enough and laid out for anyone who's interested on the website. All you gotta do is fill out some paperwork, await approval, follow certain rules. But in practice, is it really that easy? For starters, every registered student organization has to have an advisor. Depending on one's background, finding an advisor could be difficult. For example, the latest WKU factbook indicates 84% of WKU's faculty and staff is white. It might sound awful to ask, but how many professors are willing and able to advise a group of students who may or may not be very much like them in background? Plus, a lot of these student organizations probably like the Jewish one we talked about in the first episode, had leaders that graduated. So what can people do to ensure their organization is not going to fade away once they get their diploma?
2: Okay. Uh, My name is Matt Davis, and I'm the assistant director of the Student Accessibility Resource Center here at WKU, and we provide a wide range of services for students uh, that disclose their disability to the university.
0: So I guess basically she kind of told you a little bit about this project. Um, We're trying to see how campus organizations can, at the end of the day, diversify, become more inclusive. Um, We've kind of been shedding light to the fact that there are a lack of opportunities for students of different backgrounds to get involved on campus. Um, Right? Does that sound...
1: Yeah,
0: I I think you (laughs) said it eloquent. so I guess, first off, how do you think campus could be more inclusive for student groups?
2: How do you think campus could more, be more inclusive for student groups? Uh,
1: okay, okay, I get it. That's like a really big question, but that's why we put it in podcast form. So here are just a few of the things that we talked about with Matt Davis.
2: I'm going to sound old, but uh, you know, you guys are fortunate because you have so many more... Uh, Mm -hmm. outlets for getting the word out, so to speak, because, you know, with social media and not just email and that sort of thing, I think it's important that the initial core group of people that are in the organization have a good experience, because if they don't have a good experience, they're not gonna spread the word to other people that they had a good experience. And if it's gonna be something where, um, okay, we had a meeting to have a meeting, but we had a meeting about the meeting, I know this is gonna come as a shock, but students graduate, you have to make sure when the, the guard leaves, the, you know, the officers, that there's other people that are gonna take that responsibility on and kinda of help it to, to, to keep going. So,
1: Those people who are student leaders right now, what do you think they need to be doing um, differently to make sure that their group, their project is not gonna be just like swept under the rug when they leave? I think a lot
2: of it, my advice is to, it's never too early to start that process.
1: It's kind of interesting because it sounds like a lot of the problems these student organizations face are due due to the nature of being a student. Like the constant, I'm not going to be here forever, but I want to do stuff while I'm here. Mm -hmm. Like there's rotation of people in, people leaving, stuff like that. what other things do you think people can do to, to combat that?
2: I had a former boss years ago that call it the baby syndrome, <laughs> where somebody creates an organization or a group of students create an organization and it's their baby. So whenever they pass it along, they are very protective of what they've done. And so it's if there are changes made, they're resistant to that because that's not the vision that they saw. And so sometimes that can be uh, a barrier to continuing an organization when you have conflict is good but also it needs to be compromised and sometimes it's hard when it's something that you created and it's something you want to see go in a different direction in your direction and so i think that that's sometimes that uh, organizations run into as well
1: baby syndrome yeah
2: it's my baby and you can't change it i haven't
0: heard of that but that makes complete sense right i can see it and vast majority of other organizations that I've been involved in.
1: Around this point, I started to get kind of curious about whether Matt Davis had actually known about the Jewish student organization. And and what do you know? We got a little bit of lore on the mysterious Brian Carson, who used to run the thing. Yeah. What do you know about him? Did he
2: leave? Or I think he's no longer with the university. He was yeah. with the university libraries, because That's he used right. to he used to send out emails about Please take into consideration if you have a student who is Jewish and we have these holidays and if they want to uh, celebrate these holidays, not to be penalized for that. And just different emails that but he's no longer here. So I think that may be just what I was talking about mm-hmm. here. And if it's something where it was a quick exit, then sometimes that may be the reason why the organization doesn't continue or hasn't continued. So.
1: Quick exit. That sounds like a
2: code word for
0: that did not go well <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right and I don't know his
2: situation right. I just know that he he's no longer here so, right yeah uh, but when you don't have you know if you don't have something uh, at least a shell or a guide for other people to just say hey hand it off then it's not if it doesn't get handed off it's not gonna it's not gonna continue
0: And do you have any suggestions as to how, Say a group of students who wanted to restart this club. Right. Yeah. How would they go about that from a faculty point of view? Because at the end of the day, that's one thing that often holds students back is the inability to find a faculty advisor that is as passionate or caring as them.
2: Willing, willing to take that on. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Like we've been talking to Jewish students um, who've expressed interest in having some kind of group, but. Is there, are there Jewish faculty members who would be willing to help, or does the faculty member even have to be Jewish to kind are of? Are there
0: enough allies of the community? Right. To... Like, can
1: somebody just sponsor, um, like such a group or something like that?
2: Maybe like out in the community or something, you know, not just mm-hmm. WKU. So, That's a good point. Because uh, I can use the example of Cameron Levis, who started in WKU Inclusive Ministries and now he works at Parks and Rec, he's a professor here now he used to be a student and that WKU Inclusive Ministries has spilled over into the community it's not a WKU organization anymore it's
1: what is WKU Inclusive Ministries
2: uh you could hopefully I don't mess this up because Cameron he'll kill me no uh (laughs) but uh basically what WKU Inclusive Ministries is is to help people uh with a wide range of disabilities get involved in um, closer to, um, a relationship with God, but it could be through many different avenues. Uh, that's so broad because, uh, give you an example is actually Cameron. I saw him yesterday. He put on a wheelchair basketball tournament at the Preston center. Uh, he wrote a grant and and was able to buy. I know it's gotta be at least 10 wheelchair basketball chairs. And so they're pretty expensive. And so uh, he works a lot with the Special Olympics uh, and that sort of thing. And that kind of is ingrained in his DNA because his mother did th- does the same thing in Louisville for Parks and Rec. So, uh, but he was one of those guys. And I'm glad I'm on tape now to say it. But he was one of those guys when I met him as a, as a freshman, that he was like, you know, 19 going on 30, because he had this vision that nobody else saw and continued. So, and you have students like that where they can see beyond um see beyond just the initial phase of something you know and that's what needs to be done when you have leadership um and everybody when he was a student here and still today a lot of people in the community know who he is so
1: do you think that somebody has to be like cameron to to make that happen or um
2: nobody's like cameron no uh (laughs) i think you just have to uh i remember going to a conference one time and i one of the keynote speakers had a whole presentation on the word grit and just the perseverance and grit and the ter- determination to not let something uh, go by the wayside, I think, is what is important to, uh, quality to have for somebody to uh, keep an organization going. Uh, you have to have that passion for it. If you don't have the passion for it, it's not going to keep going.
1: Would you say that that's the most important thing?
2: I think so, yeah. Grit. Right. I think to some degree, isn't a student organization isn't their goal really is to
0: advocate, on their advocate for
2: themselves or to let people know how unique their group is to everything else and how even though we're unique we can be in this together and so i think that's uh, why people get together as a group because they have a common interest and want other people to be aware of what their passion is and so that's self-advocacy within itself i think if you lose your vision and you're just having meetings and you know and you're not really actually doing what the mission originally was then what are you doing you know so
1: mm-hmm. so grit self advocacy and a plan question a pl- mark passion <laughs> a
2: mission <laughs> a shell of a plan yeah something
1: <laughs> yes something people who are graduating <laughs> right you know, i guess the a line of succession Is that, exactly like, recruitment Sure. These are all things that you could pull out of a basket and then make a like a student group, I suppose, a successful, a successful one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, what do you think we've missed, if anything? What What else do you think somebody needs to know, um, if they're making a group, if they're part of a group that they're trying feel... to maintain a group? Yeah. Bring food. <laughs> <laughs> That's the simplest answer here. <laughs> huh?
0: You solved our entire problem. That's it.
1: Bring um, food.
2: I think that. Uh, I just think that if if you find people that share a common passion uh, that um, sometimes they don't think so, but I think conflict is good, uh, but it can be not each other trying to you know beat each other up or punch each other, but I think having a discussion where you don't agree uh, can make things better for an organization and, and you know, uh, we have this term that we use, and I remember in one of my classes called groupthink. So if everybody agrees with everything, then nothing's ever going to get done based on who I am, if I don't feel like I fit in anywhere, how much of a, the university are you going to feel a part of if you're not part of something? Sometimes they feel like well, nobody else thinks the way I do, and then when they get into one of these groups that there is other people that think the way I do mm. and I've made that connection.
1: And I guess it's important to feel that connection with a group because the group is connected to WKU and right. WKU is where you're going to be spending, you know, four-ish years. Right. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or less. Right. Or more. Right. <laughs> or more. It
2: goes back to that whole point of just feeling a part of something. Yeah. It's the main a connection with someone else or a group of people.
1: summary a lot right but while we weren't recording Isabella came up with this awesome metaphor speech thing and I'm trying to drive it out of her again for this I- outro
0: <laughs> I would say it was pulled from some places pulled? but you know um at the end of the day what we really have to do is give a People who don't have the opportunity to seat at the table it is our responsibility as students of Western who have been allotted every opportunity both academically and in our extracurricular experiences to now use that and turn it to how we can help other students to even have that chair have that seat at the table so they can have the same experience that we have been allowed
1: and I think personally I think the thing that I have most learned from this is to talk to people. Like uh, in episode two, Renisha talks about how sometimes white people only talk to white people and black people only talk to black people. And then if you just break that first barrier and, and talk to somebody who's not necessarily like you, that that can make a big difference.
0: And I mean, I guess growing up in a more urban environment and having the parents and the lifestyle that I was raised in, I never saw that as an issue until I got down here to the south, but, oh, in addition to I love talking, so <laughs> talking to anybody is no problem, but I think that is something that as college students we need to learn, especially going into the real world where you're not going to be with people who look like you, talk like you, think like you.
1: I guess that's one of the many things you're supposed to get out of your tuition is <laughs> some kind of example of how to behave in the real world. So. Uh, from this point on, I'm gonna have that in the back of my head. If there's something going on, the first solution is to literally communicate. <laughs> and I guess that's a simple lesson, but sometimes you have to go through a lot of hoops to learn it.
0: And it's and it's something that we're never gonna perfect. We have to continue working on forever. I need to take that advice myself,
1: <laughs> personally. Right. So. Thanks for listening. I assume if you're listening to this, you probably listened to the other two episodes of this. Um, if for you, that,
0: thank you. Yeah,
1: if you liked what you hear, maybe send some thoughts. Or if you if you did not like what you hear, you can also send thoughts to wwhrmanager at wku.edu. Um, and maybe we'll make more programming like this in the future. I don't know. I am graduating so.
0: Me too. Nine <laughs> days away.
1: Somebody will read the email, though, I promise. So, thanks again for listening. I'm Natalie Turner.
0: And I'm Isabella Devins.
1: Psst. Hey, are you still there? I have to read the credits one more time, even though we just said goodbye. Just gotta be safe here. Another is written, edited, and produced by Natalie Turner, Tajane Muldrow, and Isabella Devins. Special thanks to Sarah Walters, Renisha and Alex Cox, Matt Davis, and Leah Ashwell. Music appears courtesy of Looperman and Archive.org. A full list of artists is available on this episode's description. Another is made in conjunction with Revolution 917 and Western Kentucky University's Department of Diversity and Community Studies. Thanks for sticking around.